So we have now been uh, following our series on mission for four Sundays, stretched over six weeks. And we've been encouraged to get out into the community and start sharing our faith in simple ways. And I wonder how we've got on in that time. How has it gone as you have deliberately tried to bless a few people who live around you? How has it gone as you've invited people over for dinner or maybe gone out for coffee with a friend? What conversations have come up? Where have you been able to talk about Jesus? If things haven't quite got that far yet, have you seen your relationships begin to deepen a little? I hope that all of us will be able to have given something that we've learned a try. This series is meant to be practical. We're only really going to see the benefit of what we're learning if we try and put it into action. I've been trying to practice a little bit of what I preach. I've been trying to bless a few people. I've shared a few meals and coffee. And sometimes it's gone well and the conversation's really flowed. And sometimes it's been more difficult. And through my experiences of the last few weeks, I've become aware of a a few challenges when it comes to sharing our faith. And I thought I'd just openly share them. Uh, Perhaps you can help me overcome them. And there are three challenges that I really want to focus on. And all three of them come in the form of a spectrum. What I mean by that is that there are extremes at each end, and I'm finding it difficult to discover where I should be in the middle. The first spectrum is the one between fear and inappropriateness. Sometimes I'm just too afraid to get out into the community. My anxiety overwhelms me. I worry about what people think when I start to talk about Jesus. I worry about my offer for coffee being turned down. On bad days, I even struggle to knock on my neighbour's door. Yet at the other end of the spectrum is inappropriateness. Some of my conversations have been a little bit too forceful at times, a little bit too blunt. Maybe people think I've been coming with an agenda rather than just wanting to be a good friend. Turn them away before I've said much about Jesus at all. So this is spectrum one, the line between fear and inappropriateness. And we need to find the middle ground between those two. And it's difficult. The second spectrum is the one between laziness and burnout. On some occasions, I'm just a little bit lazy. I'll make an excuse not to go and see someone or, or not go to the community group that week. I'm too tired to play bowls or table tennis or get to badminton. I just want to sit in and watch a film. Or I know that person would really help, appreciate help moving house, but I really do have a lot on. Someone's inviting me for dinner. I delay. Some other time, maybe. Yet on the other end of that spectrum is burnout. And if I'm honest, that's normally where I'm teetering most of the time. Trying to fit in so many groups and visits alongside the regular ministry that I do and helping around the house. And it soon leads to trouble. So that's spectrum two. The line between laziness and burnout. Laziness leads to the good news of Jesus not going anywhere. 
and burnout leads to the exact same thing. And I guess throughout this series, you have only ever heard me recommend you to do things. Bless people, eat meals, learn about Jesus, do, do, do. But we must learn to rest and relax as well. To get the balance can be difficult to find. And the third spectrum is this. Between being out of the world and being like the world. At times as a Christian minister, I live completely out of the normal world. I live in this bubble of assemblies and services and funerals. And people only know me in a professional capacity. And if truth be told, on the average week, I don't meet very many non-Christians. You would all meet far more than I do. And you just cannot share Jesus if you never spend time with people who have not come to faith yet. However, when you become serious about mission... The temptation is to then start speaking and behaving exactly in the same way as the people you are meeting with. I've been playing football with Bamor, as many of you know. I've tried to build relationships with the lads that play. And there's been some real benefit to this. I've made some good friends, and one of them in particular has asked me to talk to him about faith. He has some questions. But at the same time... It's hugely difficult not to start to act like them. To leave your foot in the odd tackle. To use the same language. To join in the gossip after the game. And I've discovered over these last six weeks that I have to be in the world. I cannot afford to be out in this Christian bubble. But I also can't afford to become like the world. So this is spectrum three, and again, the balance is not always easy to get. So that is a little of my experience, and I hope that honesty was in some way helpful to you. I wonder what challenges you have come up against. I wonder if you have discovered something of those three spectrums. Nobody ever said that sharing Jesus was going to be easy. In fact, the Bible makes it quite clear that it isn't. So we all need help. Alongside the courage and the strength to get out there, we need wisdom and we need guidance. I think most of us would agree on that. But wonderfully, in the Bible, a promise is made to all believers that brings us the help that we need. And that promise comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. And we access that help by listening to the Holy Spirit in prayer. Before we go any further, I'd like just to pause for a moment and reflect on the importance of listening, particularly listening to the Holy Spirit. I read this week an interesting fact about babies. Babies that are born deaf make just as many noises as babies that can hear. But tragically, as they grow older, their attempts at speech soon start to trail off. In other words, we can only learn to speak by listening to someone else do it. And the same truth applies to speaking to God in prayer. 
Many people at some point in their life turn to prayer. I would even suggest that every human being does this at some point. It's the way that God's made us. He's made us with this inbuilt need of him. But just as with babies, it's only those who learn how to listen to God speaking in return that then go on to have a fluent prayer life. The great pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it like this. Just as a child learns to speak because his father speaks to him, so we learn to speak to God because God has spoken to us and is speaking to us. But how does this work? Is it really possible to hear God speaking to us? God doesn't often speak in an audible voice. So how do we go about listening to him? Well, it all takes place in the context of prayer. We need to stop what we're doing and ask God for help. To make the time to deliberately seek his guidance and then wait quietly and patiently for he will provide it. It may not always come immediately, but God will speak when time is right. And in our reading from Acts, we got a very good example of this. Those few verses from Acts chapter 16 may have seemed a, a little inconsequential, but actually they are describing a world-changing moment. The gospel moving into Europe for the very first time. And of course, as the centuries then passed, it would be from Europe that the gospel spread right around the world. So this is an important step. Prior to this moment, Paul and all of his friends had concentrated their efforts in Asia Minor. So what was it that led them to take this big step forward into Europe? Well, as the passage clearly described, it was the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul had been praying, asking God to guide him and his companions. And in reply, God was beginning to speak. First of all, God closed two doors. He prevented them from preaching in Asia and then stopped them entering Bithynia altogether. We don't know exactly how those blockages came about. Maybe some travel connections fell through or maybe some persecution arose. But one way or another, Paul absolutely knew he could go no further. Second, after the two closed doors, God gives Paul a vision. A vision of a man in Macedonia beckoning to Paul, begging for him to come across into Europe and help them. And that must have been a, a pretty dramatic vision because on waking, Paul immediately starts about discussing it with his companions. And then there was a conversation. Paul and his colleagues put the two closed doors alongside the dramatic vision and through counsel and conversation and reasoning, they concluded that God must be calling them to new ground, to preach in Europe for the first time. And I think we learn quite a lot about the way God guides us from this story. When we pray, when we ask for help and direction, God will speak, but we need to make sure that we're listening for the right things. 
Sometimes God's guidance will be negative. Don't do that. Doors will close. Opportunities shut down. But alongside that, there will always, nearly always be something positive. God doesn't just call us out of something. He calls us into something new. So at the same time as doors are closing, others will begin to open for us. Sometimes God's guidance will be circumstantial. There will be direct signs, some of them almost inexplicable, dreams and visions. But at the same time, God's guidance will have a a rational quality to it. We can think it through. We can apply our common sense. We can discern that this is the right thing to do. Sometimes God's guidance will be really personal. He will speak directly to us, just as he did with Paul. But at the same time, that guidance will be able to be backed up with corporate discussion. We'll be able to share the signs that we have received with our friends and together reach a common mind as to what it is that God is saying. So do you see, when asked, God speaks. It might not be an audible voice, but the more we grow in our faith, the more we grow in our prayer life, the better attuned we will become into how God guides us. So it's really important that we spend the time praying, we ask God for help, but then we also make space to listen. So let's then relate this thinking about prayer and listening to this series that we're doing on sharing our faith. How might this work for us in practice? Let's return to those three spectrums that we began with. First, the spectrum between fear and inappropriateness. We may have started to build a really good relationship with our neighbour. We've helped them build their shed. And then we invited them over for dinner. And that's happened a couple of times. And now we really want to share something of our faith. But we're worried. We don't consider ourselves a very good speaker. And we don't want to frighten them away. So we stop. and We pray. We ask God to help us. Dear Lord, help me to have the courage to say something about faith and the wisdom to say the right thing. We don't get any immediate response to our prayer, no neon lights in the sky. But as we go out into the garden the following day to do a bit of tidying up, the neighbour pops his head over the fence. Hey, you go to church, don't you? Would you ask them to pray for my elderly mother? She's really ill. And suddenly in answer to the prayer, God has created the opportunity to talk at a deeper level. To talk about faith and healing and life and death. And we start slowly, but the words begin to flow. Spectrum two was the one between laziness and burnout. We know we've got a really busy week coming up this week. The children are off school, there's a deadline at work, and the in-laws are arriving for their biannual visit. Cannot even begin to think about inviting someone else over for dinner or do any great acts to bless your neighbours. You're exhausted and the week hasn't even started yet. So you pray. Dear Lord, you know what my week is like. 
but I hold myself open to you. Show me how you would like me to serve you this week. And again, at first, there's no immediate answer, no booming voice from the heavens. However, that night, you have a dream. You just cannot put it out of your head. You saw an old school friend that you haven't spoken to for ages. And in a dream, she looks as tired as you're currently feeling. Perhaps even worse, she seems a little bit withdrawn, a little bit lonely. And when you're awake, you can't forget the dream. It's as if your friend's face is still before you. So you fire off a quick text. You're sorry you haven't been in touch. But you hope they're okay. You hope you can meet up again sometime soon. And immediately you get a response. That text came at the exact moment it was needed. She'd been through horrendous times. She was feeling miserable. She felt all alone and the text had brought a smile to her face. And the reply ended, you're a Christian, aren't you? Would you mind praying for me? I'm really struggling. And that text was the only thing you did to specifically share faith that week. The children and the work deadline and the in-laws swamped everything else. But God knew that. And that text was the one thing he wanted. Spectrum three was the one between being out of the world and being like the world. There are so many ways that God can speak regarding this issue. We can pray for God to guide us to the right place at the right time. We ask God to give us a strong sense of what is right and wrong in difficult situations. One morning after you prayed that prayer, you've been reading your Bible. And there's a strange section from the book of James that described the tongue like a burning fire. You didn't really know what to make of it, so you went on into your day. And that afternoon when you were out with your new friends, they're gossiping about a neighbour. And your conscience starts to burn within you. And you remember the verses that you'd read that morning. And you choose to leave the conversation or to challenge what's being said. Or maybe you're down the pub, your newfound friend has invited you out for a drink after a game of football. And suddenly you know deep within your spirit that you don't have another drink. It's time to go home. I could go on and on and on. But if we pray seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will be wanting to speak. And we need to be prepared to listen. I think by now we've probably got the message As Christians, we want to share our faith, and none of us find that particularly easy. But we have to remember that we're never alone. God is going before us, he's preparing people in advance, and God is within us, guiding and empowering. And in the book, Surprise the World, Michael Frost leads us to consider the habit of making space to pray and to listen. We need to make the space to talk to God, to ask for his wisdom and his guidance. And then we need to listen as God replies. It may be that he raises a new opportunity. It may be that he just gives us the right words to say at the right time. But remember, prayer 
is not prayer if there's no listening involved. It's just us ranting. The great writer Soren Kierkegaard said this, a man prayed and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until he realised that prayer is listening. That may seem very unusual at first, but the more we practice, the more in tune with God's voice we will get. So in the book, we are encouraged to regularly set aside a time for prayer, bearing in mind what I said about burnout at the beginning. Maybe it's at the beginning of each day, or maybe it's just at the beginning of each week. But to set a time aside to pray and to listen. And if we do this, we'll be amazed to discover just how much God wants to speak, how much he wants to guide us in our lives. Because after all, this mission that we're on, it's not ours, it's his. And he wants to help us for the people we will reach as they come to know him. It's him that gets the glory.